One of the major reasons our world finds itself in such a painful mess is because God's people have allowed the world to define what is normal for society. This sad fact is extremely apparent as related to the institution of marriage. Listen in today as Pastor Rander continues to speak about this matter in the message, Misconceptions in Marriage. He'll begin our discussion in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse number 32. And Father, we thank you for the proclamation of your word. Help me to preach now in the power of the Spirit. Help the people to be still because you got something special to say in their hearing. And all God's people said, turn with us to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. And you'll, you'll find these words. If you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. Okay, if you think you are standing strong, be careful not to fall. We are continuing our series on marriage. And from this particular passage, we want to preach warning signs of a marriage that is in trouble. Warning signs of a marriage that is in trouble. Listen, my friends. Do not think for one moment that your marriage is so strong that it cannot fail. Satan wants your marriage as much today as he did the day you first got married. And by the way, there is no such thing as a trouble-free marriage. We all have problems. We all have difficulties. And you can guarantee, you can be guaranteed that trouble will arise. The world, the flesh, and the devil will surely see that you will have trouble in your marriage. People associated with the military face even greater challenges in regards to relationships in marriage. Because of the nature of military duty, couples face separation anxiety due to temporary duty assignments, reassignments, deployments, and being on duty 24-7. There are conflicts in loyalty because military members are required to be loyal first to the government, which can cause conflict within the family unit. This separation anxiety occurs prior to the deployment and can continue throughout the course of the assignment, only to be followed by problems associated with reintegration of the military member back into the family. One spouse can be in a war-ravaged area while the other spouse is at home with the children. Military members are also subject to injury as well as mental issues like PTSD, physical issues to include loss of limbs, burns, and even loss of life. Those who choose to make a career in the military are obligated to these types of circumstances for 20 years or even more during their lives, which results in their families being obligated as well. Also, there are glaring warning signs that indicate that a marriage is in trouble, which should be obvious if you are paying attention to them. Sadly, one or both spouses are often in denial and refuses to address their issues or even seek help from a Christian counselor. We seek help when we need car repair. We look for help when the plumbing leaks. We look for help when there's electricity malfunctions. 
or even if we get sick, we look for a doctor. Therefore, as a married couple, we should do whatever it takes to heal and restore a marriage that is in trouble. What are the warning signs for a marriage in trouble? What are the warning signs for a marriage in trouble? I want to give you some warning signs so you could be on the lookout so that you, you could keep your marriage strong and vital to the glory of God. Number one, the first warning sign is this. Now that the courtship is over, you stop doing the things you did prior to the marriage. Now that the courtship is over, you stop doing the things you did prior to the marriage. For example, the thrill is gone. You walk around not speaking to each other, won't even say good morning, or taking each other for granted oft times, taking each other for granted now that you're married. Husbands and wives, ask me what you want. Come on. Ask me that again. Where are the kisses? Where are the kisses? Where are the hugs? Where are the holding of hands? Where is the affectionate behavior? Where is the romantic language? Where's the word sugar? Honey bun, lovely, cookie, uh, molasses. <laughs> lovely, sweetie pie, honey bun. Where is your love language? I read this passage last week and I, it's just so sweet. I have to read it again. Turn with me again to the Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. If you want to know some love language, look at brothers, look at King Solomon. This man had a whole lot of women in his life and he had so many that he, listen, he, he knew that love language. He had enough women in his life to know about love language. So let's look at the man who had about 700 wives. Okay. Song of Solomon, uh, chapter 7, verses 1 and 10. How beautiful are your sandal feet, O queenly maiden. Your rounded thighs are like jewels. The work, <laughs> wow, the work of... Skilled craftsman, your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs, ooh, look at that. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a, a gazelle. Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like the sparkling pool in Heshbon by the gate of Beth Rabin. Your nose is as fine as the Tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. Your head is as majestic as Mount Carmel and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. The king is held captive by your tresses. Oh, how beautiful you are. How pleasing, my love. How full of delights. You are splendor like a palm tree. And your breasts are like its clusters of fruit. I said, I will climb the palm tree and take hold of its fruits. 
This man wasn't playing. He was going to go get that fruit. Ooh! Wow! He's going to climb the tree and grab him some fruit. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> May your breasts be like great clusters and the fragrance of your breath like apples. May your kisses be exciting as the best wine. Yes, wine that goes down smoothly for my lover, flowing gently over lips and teeth. I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. Now, isn't that some love language? Solomon knew how to get it on. He knew how to lay it on. Now, you may not be a king, man, but where's your love language? Ladies, where's your love language? True love will keep the romance in the marriage. If you don't want your marriage to dry up, ask God to give you some love language that will shock your husband, shock your wife, and she or he will look at you twice. Marriage is the world's oldest institution established by God for our benefit and yet is entered into by most with unrealistic expectations. Join us today as Pastor Rander continues the series, God's Gift of Marriage and the Destructive Culture, with this message, Misconceptions in Marriage. He'll be teaching from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse number 32. How do you know when your marriage is in trouble? Secondly, when pride keeps us from submitting to our God-given roles and responsibilities for the husband and wife within the marriage. When pride keeps us from submitting to our God-given roles and responsibility for the husband and wife within the marriage. My friends, Satan is the author of confusion. Say that with me. Satan is the author of confusion. Say it again. Satan is the author of confusion. Thank you. And he tries to disrupt whatever God has established according to his word. Satan desires to destroy God's divine order, which creates turmoil, chaos, discord, and dissatisfaction in the marriage. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 22 through 25, it says, Wives, submit to your own husband as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband. Look at that, own husband, your own wife, your own husband. You'll not have any sideline cuckabines. Wives be to their own husbands in everything. Verse 25, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, the church. Say submission. Submission. Ooh, that's a word you don't hear. And people hate that word. Submission is all in this passage. We're in a such a society that's, that's free. You know, but submission is a key word that needs to be addressed, my friends. And if you're going to have a marriage 
that counts to the glory of God, you have to rediscover the word, what? Submission. Allow me to give at this time God's criteria for submission. It's going to get quite interesting. Allow me to give God's criteria for submission. A, you cannot submit to one another until you first submit to the Lord. That's right. Wife, it is impossible for you to submit to your husband who should be, should be the head of your house if you are in God's way. And if you don't submit to God, you're not going to submit to anybody else, including your husband. Don't tell me what to do. I do my own thing. Shut up. Sit down somewhere. And, you know, and these husbands do it too. You know, wait a minute. Don't let your wife talk to you that way. Say, honey, I am not your child. I'm your husband. Let's straighten up our language and honor God in how we relate to one another language-wise. You cannot submit to one another until you first submit to the Lord. No husband should be saying, come here, woman. I'm tired of you. You do that again, that's one. (laughs) What? That's two. Better be quiet. That's ugly. That's distasteful. And you are headed to the divine woodshed. God's going to whoop you good for treating your wife that way. Some husbands treat their wives so badly. In the name of Christ. Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another. See, Ephesians 5.21, submitting to one another in the fear of God. You ought to have a reverential fear of God, so much so that your fear of God move you into submission. Let me tell you something, my friends. Mutual submission brings unity, which glorifies and honors our Lord. That must be mutual submission. Submission from the wife, submission to the husband as it relates to roles and responsibilities. B, God, the second criteria for submission is this. Submission cannot be imposed. In other words, you cannot force someone to submit to you. It must be an act of their own will. You can't make anybody do anything. I don't care how bad they are. You can't change them. You can't make them. Submission cannot be imposed. I'm going to make them. No, you can't make them. You're not God. In other words, you cannot force someone to submit. It must be an act of their own will. Romans 12, 10 says, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. You're not looking out for self. You're looking out for your husband. The husband's looking out for the wife. And as he seeks her needs and she seeks his needs, that creates a tremendous source of an environment for oneness. See, God's criteria for submission is this. Submission does not cancel out equality. Wow, that gets bigger. Submission does not cancel out equality. Just because the husband is the head of the wife doesn't mean that the wife is inferior or is of lesser importance than the husband. Do you understand that, husband? Say amen. 
I want to make sure you get it. Just because the husband is the head of the wife doesn't mean that the wife is inferior or is of lesser importance than the husband. You know, you don't walk around saying, I'm the head of this house. No, you don't have to make announcements any more than I have to say, I'm the pastor of this church. You've never heard me say that. If you don't know that by now, something's wrong with you. I don't have to announce who I am to you. I just need to be that. That's right. You be the husband. You be the wife. You don't have to announce it. Just carry out your responsibility to the glory of Almighty God. Though the roles are different in marriage, in the sight of God, we are both equal. Different roles, but yet we are both equal. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Them. You're both living souls. You're male and female. Not male and male, not female and female. Male and what? Female. Married together in Holy matrimony to the glory of God. There's no reversing of the roles according to the scripture. I don't care what the legislatures and the laws of the land are passing. The laws of the land does not, does not overrule the word of God. We have to stand on the word of God because if we let the word go, what else do we have? This is especially challenging for military families when the returning member reintegrates into the family and the roles have, have to be reestablished. You get the man been away for six months, a year, and the, the wife has been home taking care of the kids, doing the groceries, reading the Bible to them, taking them to school, and all, of, and all of a sudden, hubby is back home who's been away all that time. Then she's going to have to allow him to integrate, and she has to let, allow him to take his rightful place as the head of that house, and it's going to be sometimes difficult because you've been running it all for the last year. You're still in the go mode. And the man coming home needs to understand that. And why shouldn't be saying, well, where you been? I've been doing it all since you've been gone. Shut up and sit down. No, you don't say that. No, you don't say that, honey. I'm going to let you catch your breath, uh, you know, and I'm going to let you breathe. But I'm going to let you have your God-given role as the head of the house for the glory of God. Amen? A D, submission is for both husbands and wives. Submission is for both husbands and wives. Just as the wife is to submit to her husband, the husband is also to submit to the needs of his wife because of his sacrificial love for her. Galatians 5.13 says, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. You don't use your headship uh, for an opportunity for the flesh. I'm the head of this house, woman. You're going to do what I say, and you're going to use her as a doormat to be stepped all over. That is not being the head of the house. It is not. The scripture says, but through love, serve one another. That husband should be serving and ministering to the wife. That wife should be serving and ministering to the husband. You're seeking each other's interest to the glory of God with gentleness and with respect to the glory of Almighty God. The Bible has it very succinct and clear. We just need to adjust our lives to the authoritative word of the living God. 
What's God's criteria for submission? E, submission does not mean that the husband should ask their wives to do something that violates scripture. The husband should never ask the wife to do anything simply because he's the head of the home to violate scripture. By the way, wives, should the husband ask the wife to do something unbiblical, it is at that point that she is to obey God rather than man. For example, if your husband asks you to cheat on your taxes, don't you cheat. That's not honorable to the Lord. Look how quiet it's getting now. Tax time will be here in a few months, right? Okay. Wives, you should not hide his evil acts or vice versa. You should not hide his evil acts. Uh, he should not force you to lie. That's right. He shouldn't force you to steal from anybody else, including God. Why you got to give all that to the church, to the Lord? You don't take all that. And then you begin to steal from God because your husband is, is pressuring you in that way. The scripture says in Acts chapter 5, verse 29a, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than man. Anytime the government asks you to do something that violates scripture, husbands or anybody for us that matters, ask you to do something that violates scripture, it is that time you take a stand and you be willing to suffer the consequences for your stand for Christ. Amen? Okay, F. Headship is not dictatorship. Headship is not dictatorship. Repeat after me. Headship, Headship. is not dictatorship. Not Ephesians 5, 23 and 24 says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Husbands, when you love your wives sacrificially, You will not rule over her and you will not abuse your authority, but rather you will be her spiritual covering. That's right. A spiritual covering. You're the priest in the house. You're going to pray with your children. You'll pray with your your wife, uh, husbands. You'll lay hand on your wife, lay hands on your children. When she's feeling sick, wherever that area is, you lay hands and you pray on her. And you let her know you're sensitive to her illness at that moment in time. You're gentle with her to the glory of God. By the way, you, you will read the scripture to your children. Read the scripture to your grandchildren. Let me tell husbands and fathers, when is the last time your child uh, came into a room and found you on your knees in prayer? Well, that's, see, when, that's being a priest in the home. Reading the scripture, referencing the scripture. Listen, your love should be so wonderful for your wife. You are the priest in the family. You, when you love her with a sacrificial love, you are your wife's protector. You are to make her feel safe. That's your goal, to make your wife feel safe. You, you will also be her provider. You are to provide for her, provide for your, your children. To make sure that they have their needs met and goals accomplished. And also seek her highest good. Her highest good. And she should not exploit that to the glory of God. And then when you have a husband that's doing that, wives, you need to honor him. You need to respect him. You need to love him. 
You need to give him some perks because he's such a blessing to you. These, these men ought to be saying amen. Now, however those perks come, let them come. Husbands, your love for your wife must not be a cheap love. Don't get her artificial flowers. Okay? Selfless, sacrificial love should cost us something. I got to say it again. Men, say what you want. Say it again. I'm working on these men today. Selfless, sacrificial love should cost us something. Now we're going to number three. How do you know when your marriage is in trouble? When one spouse is miserable, they deliberately seek to irritate and make the other spouse miserable. One spouse is not happy. Hell all in the house. And they're going to make sure hell stay in the house until their, their, their spouse get unhappy like them. Look how quiet it's getting in here now. I see y'all hunching each other. The husband whistling all around the house, singing Amazing Grace, and she's looking, what's so funny? You know? First Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 says to husbands and wives, love does not behave rudely. That means don't walk around here not speaking for two days, sending messages through your children. That's right. And then somebody, the phone rang. Hey, Sister Jones, how you doing? Ooh, that's hypocrisy. You can hey, Sister Joan, and can't say hello to your husband. Love does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoke. You don't provoke your husband. You know, some of these men, they fight back because they just provoked. And that's no excuse. Matter of fact, husbands, you must never, ever, ever hit your wife. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.